welcome to Families for Life with Brian and Brian, a podcast of Oak Hill Baptist Church. On today's episode, we're continuing our series on Hard Talks, Character. Welcome back, Brian. How are you? Brian, I'm good. It's good to be back. How are you? Good. Say welcome to all of our listeners. Yes. Hey, everybody. Hope you are doing well and uh, just making it through your week. Well, I guess starting off your week mm-hmm. uh, well, spring, depending on when you listen to this. Spring is here where we live, <laughs> and it's it's here because we have, uh, here, in, here in Evansville, it's marked by thunderstorms and allergies. Yes. <laughs> Lots of thunderstorms roll, I'm, roll I'm, through. I'm laughing because someone I was talking to said that spring is essentially uh, winter and summer going back and forth from day to day. That's true. And yeah, uh, well, we get uh, we get all the seasons here, and sometimes we get them all in one day. That's right. <laughs> that's so true. So there's a there's a so we feel terrible. <laughs> there's a yellow there's a yellow dust over the cars. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. right. I had somebody move here uh, recently in the last year or two, and they're like they're like having all these issues with mm-hmm. sinuses like well welcome to welcome to the valley here <laughs> so true the, yeah. was it missouri valley or whatever ohio have, ohio river valley yeah, yeah. Ohio river yeah. Valley. yeah we have all of the allergies we have all of the things here so this is what happens so. that's right yeah so yeah i mean i just like to think hey this kind of goes along with i won't jump the gun too much but but it kind of builds builds a little bit of character builds character <laughs> yeah <laughs> Makes me want to move to Florida. No, know, yeah, that's right. <laughs> we love Indiana. Oh, man. But anyway, we're here and we're excited. Uh, I want to mention that we would appreciate everybody to subscribe to our podcast wherever you're listening to us on. We are on all of the major apps. Uh, I, I, iTunes. No, yeah. not, it's not iTunes anymore. Uh, uh, yeah. Apple Podcasts. Apple Google Podcasts. Podcasts yeah. Spotify, all of the majors mm-hmm. were there. And it really matters if you like give us a review and things like that. Those things actually help more people see this and, right. and, and have the opportunity to listen to it. A lot of people might not even know. You can listen exists. now on Facebook. You mm-hmm. can listen on YouTube, all of the places. So, yeah, give us a review. Share with your friends. Email feedback. You can contact us at f4l at oakhillbc.org. Yeah, we'd love to hear from you all and just know what you like about the podcast, what else you would like for us to talk about or things that we could be doing. Uh, that helps a lot. Yeah. And, uh, you know, today, though, we're getting back into our Hard Talks uh, series and we're we're going to be going through a bunch of different uh, topics. This is our second one on character, mm-hmm. and uh, or, really or excited about these two. They're they're similar in in some ways. Uh, we're going to talk about character today, and then next, next week, week about failure. That's right. And uh, we're recording both today. Uh, there's the secret. But um, <laughs> it's it's interesting because both of these have things that complement one yeah. another. So I'm I'm excited that last week we talked about obedience. All these things kind of go together. Yeah, I, I'm I'm looking forward to it because it's been it's honestly just helpful for me to think through these things as a parent myself. Right. I mean, I, I'm I'm still just trying to to keep these things straight in my mind so that I can hopefully apply them to my life, to my kids' lives. You know, well, I think family. they're I think they're present in our parenting, but it's the intentionality with which we that, do them. Yeah, that's right. I, I was telling somebody else, it's kind of like giving uh, categories behind things you probably already know, right, or at least have thought about a little bit. But you have these categories that you can then pick up and you can exactly. really use uh, with intentionality in your life. And exactly, that's that's what we hope to do. That's how we hope to help uh, ourselves and our listeners. Yeah. 
So here today we're talking about character. Character mm-hmm. is the mental and moral qualities distinctive to an individual. That's the dictionary definition. Interesting. I know that can be kind of lame, but yeah. <laughs> I think it's helpful because character feels like this thing we all talk about and we say character, mm-hmm. but it's one of those things that we really know what it means. Yeah, it kind of is just this like nebulous idea that, that means like good person, you right. know, but, but it's a person of good character, right? right. <laughs> this builds character, you right. know? So what is, what do you, what even is that? Right. And so, yeah, like that's, I guess the, the first question you have here is, are, are there mental and moral qualities that are distinctive to a Christian? Mm-hmm. So we're kind of, you know, we're not only talking about just good character in general we're we're specifically talking about a christian character right which we would we are we are christians we are christian parents and we're thinking about raising our children in the christian way so it's not just general character it's christian character right what do you think to to answer that question I, i think that there are definitely like specific mental and moral qualities that belong to the christian um i think that there are baseline Christian characteristics. I think that for every Christian, there's kind of like this, here is the norm Mm -hmm. for a Christian. And we're going to get into some of those things, um, you know, fruit of the spirit and such. Those are the kind of baseline. This is what it looks like Mm -hmm. to be a Christian. But I also think each individual person is going to excel in some of those things Mm -hmm. more than other people are. Um, So each person, it's not to say that every person is to have the exact same character or to have the exact Mm -hmm. same, you know, mental and moral qualities, but it is to say that we have kind of like this, this benchmark goal Mm -hmm. As Christians, there mm-hmm. is a there is kind of a standard, I guess, is what I'm trying yeah. to say, and uh, I think ultimately that that it's Christ. You know, well, I think the biggest difference between the Christian idea of character and the worldly idea of character is, you know, many of the things will overlap. Like a person who is a non Christian would say that integrity is good, they would say humility is good, they would say purity is good, but there's always limits, there's always exceptions, there's always um, ways that they that that the world will uh, change the, the the rules of the game as mm-hmm. it were do you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying it's like humility is good to a point or yeah. or forgiveness is good to a point mm-hmm. but the Christian idea and what Jesus drives us to is a humility that is beyond what we would even have within our own capacity on our own. Yeah. A, 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 a level of forgiveness that is beyond what we would want to give as a human person, something that only the spirit can enable us to give. And so I think that's the difference is the, the Christian idea of character is, is much more a standard mm-hmm. that we find in scripture. Right. And it is a set standard. Right. Whereas the world is sort of a, a moving with exceptions and, and it, it, it kind of, moves with people and and what their truth this person's truth is and that person's truth do you agree with that yeah i think so and i think what what you see and we all we all do this um because we're sinners you know believe christians are sinners saved by grace we're all sinners and so we we try to move the standard of course and i think that's what i'm hearing you talk about is like sometimes we think you have good character even though you're like moving the standard all over the place uh, and you keep, you just keep calling it good character or, or whatever. Um, But I think the, the, one of the big, huge differences is 
who you're living your life for, mm. like character for yourself or character after God's glory, right? And so you've got the world who would say, like, do be humble, be have integrity, do all this stuff because, um, f- basically for yourself. And 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 what I hear the most is, you know, even things like nice guys finish last. You know, it's it's funny how how the world holds two completely opposing ideas at the same trying to hold them at the same time because they they know what's right and wrong but they choose to do what they want for themselves and that's you know choosing good and evil for ourselves mm-hmm. and um and so we as christians simply say no god is the one who decides right and wrong and we're going to do everything we can to follow that right that's, that's character well and i think you're right the the difference uh, another m- main difference and we, we kind of circled around this is uh, the christian character is best to be understood by emulating Jesus, right? To be a Christ-like believer, and you know this is a idea that is found all over Scripture. Peter, Paul, John have all expressed this. Mm-hmm. So there are some verses here. Yeah, First Corinthians eleven one: Be imitators of me, as I am of Christ. So Im- imitate me, because I'm imitating Christ is what Paul says. Yeah, he also says, therefore be imitators of God as beloved children. That's Ephesians 5, 1. So Paul definitely is asking Christians to imitate Jesus, Yeah, right? Yeah, and then here's Peter, 1 Peter 2, 21. For to this you have been called, because Christ also suffered for you, leaving you an example, so that you might follow in his steps. So some of the reason why we have the gospels and and recordings of Christ is so that we would know how we're supposed to live. We're supposed to live in his example, right? And right. so Peter's calling us to follow Jesus's example. Yeah, 1 John 2, 6, whoever says he abides in him ought to walk in the same way in which he walked. Yeah. I think it's important that we, you know, we are to emulate the character of our Savior. Right. I mean, that's all throughout Scripture. I mean, God even says, you know, this is kind of brought back into the New Testament. Jesus references this where God said in the Old Testament, be holy for I am holy. Mm-hmm. You know, God wants us to be like him. He, he made us to be like him. We were made in his image. Right. And uh, the gospel is restoring that. And so character is really us trying to, uh, not just trying, but like following Christ so that he can make us more like himself. Right. So what is his character? What is he like? One of the things that I wish we could find out. You, you know? po- well, you pointed this out <laughs> in our production meeting. You said, hey, um, what about the fruits of the Spirit? Yeah. You know? And we, we see in Galatians chapter 5, 22, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. And I think... You know, those are the fruits that we as Christians are supposed to bear. These are the attitudes and actions that a that a saved mm-hmm. believer who's filled by the Spirit, these things are going to come out of them. These are the things God is going to build and work in us. But where do they come from? I mean, they, they come from Jesus. Yeah, that's right. I, you know, I was, it's funny, until we were talking about this, it didn't really click. Like, the idea of character and the fruit of the Spirit did not, I had not ever put those two together together like Mm. fully you know i knew that fruit of the spirit that's just like a lifestyle in my mind that was kind of like how we're supposed to live but it's not just how we're supposed to live it's like who we're supposed to be right and i think like you said that comes from our relationship with christ who who gives us the helper the holy spirit who then produces those things Mm -hmm. 
in us. So if we if we want to have this this character, you know, we have to have salvation in Jesus Christ, which uh, Paul and and you know the apostles make clear in the scriptures. Um, and if we want to have this Christ like character, then then we have to walk with Jesus and be sanctified, right? Made holy as God is holy. And so, so it's a process. It's not an, you know, it, it is, it is something that happens to us, but then it continues on and you grow in these things, right? Exactly. So, yes. Is yeah. this an exhaustive list though? Well, that's a good question. I, I think there are other things that are alluded to, but maybe not said. I would definitely look at the examples of Christ and look at his integrity his purity, humility. I mean, those things are not listed uh, on that, but they are also Christ-like characteristics that are found in other places in the Scripture. So, Yeah, yeah. Well, what you just said, like found in the Scripture, you know, like we're not... We're not just living our lives based on only one verse, right, or two right. verses. We we live our lives based on the entirety of Scripture. Another thing I would say is is like a wisdom. Mm. You know, there's wisdom that that is a uh, part of your character. Grow, I mean, growing in wisdom. You know, ask and receive uh, wisdom. I think that's a that's a part of our character too. And there's yeah. so there's probably tons more. Just by reading through Scripture, we find what we're supposed to be like. What would you tell a new believer that, why would you say it's important to produce these type of characteristics in your life, whether it be the fruit of the Spirit or something else that we've listed? Yeah, I mean, this really just comes down to whether or not you have true life, uh, if, for me, uh, to know, and, and you have to be careful because we don't, we don't uh, do these things perfectly, right? But if if they're not there at all, if we don't have if we don't have any forward mo- movement, mm-hmm. no growth in any of these areas, well, then you're not connected to the vine. Mm-hmm. You know, Jesus is the vine, and we are the branches. Uh, fruit grows on branches. Right. Branches have to be connected to the to the plant. Right. And I've mentioned this before. I think in one of my sermons that I preached a while ago. Mm, yes, I, I talked about that. These are these are fruits, mm-hmm. okay? Um, and you cannot. So a lot of people will look at this list and see it as like a checklist. Yep. Like, okay, am I being loving today? Am I being joyful? And I guess that's okay. But the idea here is that we're focusing on walking in the spirit. Yes. If you read this passage, Paul is saying walk in the spirit, and if you do, then he, right before this, he's a list of. Things in the flesh you will not gratify, and then things, the fruits of the spirit that will come out of you. Right. So the emphasis is not don't sin, do these things, because mm-hmm. that that's a really like works kind of base yes. thing. Yes. No, he's saying walk in the spirit. If you focus on your relationship with Christ, walking in the, by the power of the Holy Spirit, living your daily life by the power of the Holy Spirit, these things will happen. That's right. Once again, it won't be perfect because we're not going to be perfect, but we're 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 constantly pressing into our relationship with Jesus. Yeah, it's kind of like diagnostics, right? Like instead of looking at them and saying like I'm I am trying to make these things happen, like these are my my goals. The goal is to follow Christ because in him we have life, and those are the things that we we see as a diagnostic tool to tell if we're on the right track or not, it's kind of like gauges on your car. I mean, you're not looking at the gauges on your car thinking like, man, I hope I can get the temperature up to the right temp. You right. know, you're just checking it to make sure your engine's not blowing Over up. Over temp, under temp. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's good. So how does this relate to our character and the character of our children? 
Hmm. Do you so uh, in this question? And tell me if I'm jumping the gun. I kind of hear the question like, does our character have anything mm. to do with our kids' character? That's good. Yeah. Is I that wonder. is that similar to? Yeah. What you're talking about? Uh, maybe. Maybe. <laughs> Just yes. <laughs> All maybe. the things. Maybe. I, I, I am I leading say, leading the witness? Uh, Your Honor. No. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> Objection. I I think I think definitely like this this has if we don't have good character then it is very unlikely i won't say impossible but very unlikely that we will be teaching our children to have good character mm-hmm. um i would say we probably won't be teaching it's possible for our children to have good character even though we don't but that's all up to the lord well um, i think a great example if you look at the lineage of the kings for the yes. most part uh, the, the the character of the father would mm-hmm. would translate to the son, and even some of the bad qualities of the character would be expounded. Now, occasionally, right, there would be someone, a king, who, for whatever reason, the Lord would be working in their life, thinking about Josiah or Hezekiah, you know, and the the Lord would, you know, they, they came from sinful kings, but yet they themselves walked with the Lord. So I think what you're saying is there's a principle here that most of the time our character, if we are of good character, we can help our children to understand what that is. But that doesn't always play out 100% because you can have bad character, good character come out of your children. That's right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So uh, at the end of the day, the the point is it's very important for us to have – to be growing in our character. Right, exactly. Uh, for, our, for ourselves and for our kids' sake. Yeah. So that leads right into the next section we want to talk about is about building character. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So do, do you, you go ahead? Well, okay, I was going to ask no, you. No, you ask me. I want to ask you, do you think that character, I know the answer because we've talked about this. Do you think that character is built or is it just something that happens to you or is it something you're born with? Like, can character actually grow what do you what do you the old nature versus nurture kind of kind of i mean i do think people obviously god creates us in a certain way and there are people that might have a stronger sense of certain things like somebody may have a really strong innate sense of justice Mm, yeah you know or someone may have a um a a propensity to fudge fudge the the truth a mm. lot. Do you know yeah. what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I do think that sometimes we are, are created beings and we are, you know, because of the fall, yeah. you know, we can have these things happen to us. But I, I do believe that character is primarily built. Mm. Mm. I, I believe that pr- character is primarily built. People are a product of their circumstances, of their raising, mm-hmm. of the influences in their life, mm-hmm. because I've just, I've just seen it so much. Yeah. No, I think uh, to just put my two cents on there, I I agree with that. I think yeah. I think totally. Uh, the way I would describe it is is like you said, we are created. Who who I think we're created to be distinct people. So I don't think that if God made uh, two people uh, exactly and put them in the exact same circumstances that they would turn out the exact same Mm. because I think they're two different people. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I do think that that does have a huge bearing on, on who you are 
It's who you've been created to be. But God's not only in control of creating you. He is in control of those things you just mentioned, the circumstances and the people around you. So God actually put you in the, he made you who you are, and then he put you with your parents in your circumstances, surrounded by the people you're surrounded by, for the purpose of making you into who he wants you to be, into right. producing that that character. Well, and I think, uh, you know, our character reflects what's in our heart, mm-hmm. you know, and mm-hmm. I think David's a perfect example of this because, you know, David was, was King David was raised in a home where he had uh, all of these brothers, seemingly had a had a father that that loved the lord you know yeah. and they mm-hmm. and so that was kind of pressed into him he also had circumstances that guided him yes you know exactly. we think about how god had him in the pasture yep. watching sheep protecting like that wasn't them on accident. Right. right protecting them from wild animals and, mm-hmm. and things like that and so it was it was part of who god had made him to be and then the circumstances that happened in his life and when he comes to uh his time of anointing uh, in First Samuel 16, God says, don't look at the outward appearance because you look at the outward appearance and Saul was the perfect mm-hmm. idea of a king, but he lacked character, godly character. David was not the perfect outward looking of a king, but yet God said, I look at the heart. Yeah. Because our character primarily comes from our heart, from what's inside. That That's really good because what we don't want to do, uh, we don't want our listeners to think this, or I don't want to think this way, and we definitely don't want our kids to think that character is just putting on the right characteristics Ooh, yeah. for other people that's to good. see, right? It's not just pretending to be a person of integrity or pretending to be a loving person. It really is who you are, and it is shaped by tons of other factors and it can change and grow and can be built. And yeah, I, I, I think that's really important for us to understand that character is really who you are in your heart. And we have to teach our children what Christ-like character really looks like. And so it's important that they learn that. But the question is, is how, how are we to teach them <laughs> that Christ-like character, what Christ-like character is, how, how, how it works, that it's a part of who you are? How do we teach them all these things? How do they learn this stuff? I believe that, that the, the, one of the primary ways uh, is observation. Mm. I believe that ch- children will observe their parents. They will observe all kinds of people in their life. Yeah. And the people that are in their lives, the people that are closest to them, they will observe them and, and see them. And based on how they feel about that, will um, think that's a good thing or a bad thing. We'll try to emulate it or not, not emulate it, you know? Yeah. And it's really funny because uh, sometimes it works to where some people will say, uh, I- I'm going to never you know I, i've seen my parents uh for instance mm, i've seen my yeah. parents smoke all their life i'm never gonna smoke mm-hmm. you know or you have people that see their parents smoke and they pick up smoking right you know at, at a younger age and i think that's funny because the character of someone can influence you both in a negative and a positive way yeah to both either negatively or positively reaction out of you so yeah. observation is really is really strange but i think the point here is that uh 
that kids, especially little children, are mm. always watching. Yeah, it's like that caught versus taught sort of thing. Um, but but we don't want to think that it's only caught. Like, right. You know, because I think some people think that it's m- you. Sh- it's almost like they are afraid to talk about things. Sure. And that's why we're even doing these series is because you have to talk. So mm-hmm. so you have. It's a hard talk because we have to live this, but it's a hard talk because we actually have to talk to our kids. We have to teach them. You know, initially teaching from from parents to children, mm-hmm. like they're going to see you do things and, and wonder why and ask you why. And those are perfect teaching opportunities to tell them or even to tell them how you messed up and right. what you should have done differently. And that's the hard, well, that's hard. <laughs> right. And, you know, our, our primary command right after the Shema in Deuteronomy 6 is to uh, teach our children mm-hmm. what it means to love the Lord, what yeah. it means to walk in his way. And it's And the idea is not just... You sit down and you have classroom time with your right. children. The idea is that as you walk through life, you're yeah. teaching them. That your home is filled with with uh, scripture and teaching. That that your very person, the attitude and actions that you're living out is is filled with scripture. Yeah. Go back and read that passage in Deuteronomy chapter six. You know the. Uh, like the Hasidic Jews take that literally to mean they're literally putting scripture on their house and on their body. And mm-hmm. I don't I don't take it literally. Right. But I do think figuratively we're to live out scripture with our bodies. We're to live it out in our homes as we go along the path, as we work, as we live. And as we do that, we're pointing things out to our children. We're teaching them how to love God through all of those circumstances. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's so important that children see and learn good character from their parents first, right? right. Because the, those are the people that they're around the most. They're mm-hmm. around us the most. They're going to catch character from us the most, right? Is there any more you want to add? To well, that? I just think I just think that they will um, see people in their life, and so they need to see that good, positive role mm-hmm. model, that character coming out of us as parents, you know, if, you know, we've talked about this in some of our parenting series. Uh, if, um, if we mess up, if we lose our cool Mm -hmm. or we, uh, do something that we sin against our family, we're to come, come to them and ask for their forgiveness. We're to show them what godly character looks like. And when we do, that's going to mark them in a in a, a really important way. Yeah, I think so, that's true. What why do you think it's important for your children to have other godly role models and adults in their life? And then what about negative role models? Mm, yeah. Well, first to say like you have to have other godly role models because you know, there comes a point where kids start to to think like my family's not the only thing in the world. Yes. And they start wondering like, what is the rest of the world like? And that's such a weird realization when you, because when you, when you grow up, you think that you're like, this is the way everybody does Uh everything. And then you begin to find out like, wait, wait, you live your life. Uh Your family's completely different than my family. I love watching my, my son talk to other people and he's talking about things that we do. They have no idea what he's talking about, but he totally assumes that they just get it. Right. Like, because, duh, everyone does this. No, you know? And so he's going to find out. Not everybody lives like we do, but there are, I want my son to see that there are people who, yeah, no, we live all, we're all different, but there are some things that are that are the same. Mm-hmm. Um, and so for believers, people who love God, these are the things that are the same. And he needs to have older adults in in his life who 
who model that to him so that he realizes it's not just mom and dad. Because uh, eventually he's not going to care what mom and dad thinks. And maybe you, listener, you, you've you got a teenager. You already know. They don't care what mom and dad thinks. So they have to see other people. What do other people think? Um, do they think like my mom and dad do? And I think that's really, really helpful, super important. Negative role models, man, um, I think it, it's it's not bad for them to see negative role models um, as long as they understand that it's negative. Uh, I haven't really thought a whole lot about that. Well, I think I think the negative role models can come sometimes with friends, you know, mm-hmm. and we've talked about that. Or it can be even things in pop culture. Yes. You know, that kids want to try to emulate. And so I think that we just have to be aware of those things and try to give them good, good role models, you know. And oh, it's not yeah, like, yeah. it's not trying to like force them. But I think... Um, you know, we as parents and then having them, you know, we're, we as parents are exuding biblical character, godly character, but then also like in church, Mm -hmm. we're putting them around other people, whether it's the youth group or the children's ministry, other adults that are Mm -hmm. pressing into them with godly character as well. Yeah. Yeah, So they can look at those people and say, that's, you know, that's what I want to emulate. Yeah. One of the things I want the most, the last uh, question in this part of our, uh, episode here is is you know why is it important to teach character in in teaching and character to make sure that god's word is preeminent Mm. because that's where character comes from god's word is where true real character comes from and so my hope is not for my kids to just see other people and be like wow that's a good person because i like what they do i want them to ultimately get to the point where they realize that person does what the bible says Mm -hmm. And that person loves God. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what I want for my kids to see so that they can have good character throughout their lives. It's not a character that changes. You right. know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's a consistent thing. Yeah. Well, let's talk about character versus personality for a minute, and then it will jump into the age categories. Yeah. Yeah. But I think it's important, and we've kind of circled around this a little bit, that each child is different. Mm-hmm. They have their own unique personality. God made them a certain way. They have gifts, abilities. In some areas, they'll struggle in others, you know. But how do we tell the difference between personality and character? Are they the same? Wow, that's that's a great question. Um, Thank you. I will. I will. I will give. I will talk about this for a second, and then let you fill in because I'm. My kids are still so little, and this is something where I'm trying to observe. I know this is true. Um, and so I'm paying attention to the fact that my kids are different and I'm finding ways that I have to, um, you know, we talked about obedience last time. I'm having to figure out how I need to correct them a little differently to bring about the same, to have the same principles being applied because they're different people and they respond differently. They have different personalities. Um, and I guess I'm looking for the way that they come out of that, you know, like the, the, end result of that a little bit but i can definitely see the difference in the personalities um but i don't know what do you think how do you tell that's a great the the part like how do you tell the difference between their personality versus true character what do you think that's yeah i mean question you know we think about personality we're thinking about the way that they sort of naturally are you know for instance you may have some kids that have a a really high drive to compete Mm, yeah. In sports. Or you may have others that don't. You may have some that have a really analytical mind and they want to uh, discover and 
find out and build and create. You know, yeah. you may have a really artistic um, student. You know what I'm saying? So you think about their personality and do they are they upset easily? You know, are they are they are they mostly um, a child that finds humor in everything? Do you know what I'm saying? I yeah, mean, yeah. You're it's thinking like about you can have, and here's some other like you got like super chill kid kids that are just like you know nothing mm-hmm. really phases them too much, and then you got really hyped up ones that high are like strong, high, yeah. yeah, a little mm-hmm. bit. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Okay. Keep yeah, going. so I think you you, you got to understand and study kind of your child and what are they like? You yeah. know, what is their personality like? And think about those types of things. Then you can work to build character in those areas and in those ways. Because each child, each personality has advantages and disadvantages. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I was just You know thinking. what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So a say, for instance, a really focused and driven individual may not look around and focus on the needs of others. Mm-hmm. You know, And mm-hmm. so you have to tell them and, and help them understand, listen, you are living in this family, you have other people in your life, you've got to have a good care and concern for them. There may be others that are very empathetic towards other people. They care and love and have, have the gift of mercy and all those things. And you really have to talk to them about, Hey, you can't, you can't, um, you can't just, uh, totally get 100% invested to, to where it's the detriment of you and your own mental health or, or or like truly helping people (laughs) and like actually seeing like goals achieved because you get so bogged down by constantly fixing problems all the time. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I think you're trying to understand what their personality is and then how to kind of build the character that they need and kind of round Mm. them out as a, as a person. That's really good. I I think that's super important in what you said, because, because most of the time, you know, like we can even see personalities and, and if we're not careful, we will only see the negatives in them. And you'll just be like, Oh, this, you know, my kid's so high strung or my kid's so, you know, uh, sad all the time or Mm. something like that but when if we if we see those as being positives Mm -hmm. and strengths then we can take the weaknesses the 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 parts of their personality where maybe like you said that character is is maybe waning or missing altogether and we can start building there and you'll see that that thing that we call uh, a negative or or a problem Mm -hmm. become much more of a, a strength, right. I think. I think we have to be careful not to destroy their personality. Yeah, you know? yes. And even when we talked about uh, obedience, you know, we, we're not trying to break our children. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I'm saying? We're mm-hmm. trying to mold and shape them in a way that would they would grow up and honor the Lord. And yeah. I think that God made them a certain way on purpose. Yeah. God created them a certain way. And so trying to know and understand who they are as a person, because listen, children, you know, I have four children. Mm-hmm. We're me and my wife, we're, we're the parents of all four of these children. They come from our DNA, but they are so different. <laughs> all four of them are distinct, different individuals. And that's mm-hmm. the imprint of God's image on all of them. Yeah. And so we have to figure that out. And that makes parenting hard because yeah. you can't just parent They're all the kids robots. Yeah, 100, right. mm-hmm. you know, across the board the same way. Yeah. But so that's those are those are my thoughts on character versus personality and how we don't don't destroy the character. I mean, don't destroy the personality. I mean, we we look to build it up and encourage it and build character where it where it might be missing. Yeah, that's that's super helpful. I think I'm I'm going to try to remember to bring this up in our next uh, kind of conversation, the next part that we're going to here. Well, let's go ahead and move um, on to yeah. that. I think we're, I think we can move on to the different age categories. Yes. So we're talking about younger children. 
Yeah. So the question is, how do we build character into our younger children? They're little, right? So, like, how do you have conversations about, like, okay, son, you need to have integrity. Like, you know, that's not gonna, you're not gonna yeah. do it like that. Um, but uh, why you two year old don't have integrity? <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and so we have to understand uh, their where they're at, and and but we we also have to. What what I guess I'm trying to say is. We can't think, well, they're so little, they're not going to get this. No, no, they're going to. And a lot of it comes down to what we were already saying in in showing them character. Right. Because, again, they're – I mean, they, they learn how to talk without you teaching them. Mm-hmm. So they're so they're going to learn character without you teaching them. And that's a little scary, um, but that's why it's so important for us to live out Christian character, Christian uh, a lifestyle of uh, of – Really, just pursuing Christ and then repentance when we fail. Yeah, that's key. Exactly. You know, we're thinking about like babies up through pre-K. I think what we said, uh, like what you just said, that that what they perceive from us is going to be very important at this age. How yeah. you live your life, um, if you live your life with godly Christ-like character, uh, they will see that. Yeah. You know, and so I think we have to really understand and watch that there are there are little eyes kind of watching us. Yeah. Yeah. And if we get unnecessarily angry and frustrated in life, that's, that's going to affect them. If yeah. we are dishonest, if we are uh if we have bad moral character, that's going to be they're going to perceive that, you yeah. know. Yeah, I want to I want to talk a little bit about this cuz this is where like basically all of my kids are uh right now, this younger age. Um what we were just talking about, what you were saying about personality and character, I think is really helpful to me. And I hope for those of you who have little children, I see my kids and they are challenging (laughs) and parents can give an amen. And it can be really easy to see those personality things that are coming out and, and be frustrated by them. Mm -hmm. If it's not, if it's not uh, an easy personality, uh, and uh, I think what we have to do as parents, we have to figure out who our kid is. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of the first thing for younger children. We we have to really figure out who they are, living out our own character, figuring out who they are, and then not seeing their personality as mere problems. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, they do create sin right like Mm -hmm. it's kind of like too much of a good thing is a bad thing same thing with personality Mm -hmm. too much passion becomes anger and violence Mm -hmm. uh too much uh too much um inward thinking creates Mm -hmm. uh laziness and and uh sloth Mm -hmm. right so so i think what you were talking about this this starts at such a young age Mm -hmm. You don't want to stifle your little kids who have a lot of passion. Mm-hmm. You don't want to stifle your little kids who are th- really thoughtful. Um, and and so what you want to do is notice who they are and then start to empower those things mm-hmm. but also round out mm-hmm. those other areas. Right. And and so if you this is kind of like noticing the trajectory of your child, mm-hmm. um, seeing where they are going from the get-go. And, uh, and all it takes is a little bit of attention. You just got to pay a little bit of attention and not – and not get too worked up about the negative things that you see in their personality. It could be a positive thing if guided the right way. Right. That's really good. Yeah. I also think that you can talk about basic concepts, right? I mean, you can talk about honesty. You can talk about sharing. You know, you can you can do these, you know, um, 
how we treat one another, you mm, know, yeah. like don't hit your brother with, you know, out of, you know, obviously the kids wrestle and have fun, but you know, somebody always takes it too far. Well, and that's the thing. Yeah. Like <laughs> what's the difference between, you know, wrestling and then like hitting your brother. Right. right. Yeah. I remember that we had to talk about uh, people coming over for life group with my son because the <laughs> kids would come over and want to play with his toys. And he was what? very upset because, like, these are my toys, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. nobody gets to play them. And I'm like, I'm trying to think. To, and he's literally, I remember one distinct where he had gathered a bunch of his toys, and he was, like, <laughs> trying to lay on top of them. <laughs> That's awesome. And I'm like, first of all, number one, you're not able to play with them if you're laying on top of them. Mm-hmm, number mm-hmm. two, wouldn't it be fun to play with your friends with these toys together and then number three, they're leaving, and right. all of the toys are staying. They're still your toys, mm-hmm. but he didn't really understand at that time. But, I mean, kids have a hard time. But he did eventually, right? I, I mean, don't know. He's gotten better at that, right? I, I, I don't know. <laughs> no comment. No, I'm yeah. just kidding. No, I mean, yeah, and I know it's always a challenge. Sometimes you have to have the conversation over and over and over again. But it's amazing to me how much kids just don't know until you tell them. Like, I remember trying to get my kid to move, like – a mat on the floor and I'm like watching him try to move this mat. And I'm like, Oh my, Oh my goodness. You literally don't know how to do this. Mm. You just don't know because you've never been shown. It's amazing how many things we have to be taught. Mm. Like basically everything, even yeah. the smallest little concepts, like don't hit that. Mm. <laughs> you know, it's crazy. Yeah. I think you could start young with some of these children with basic concepts and yeah, then you I just model so. it for them. Yeah, so. I think so. That's really good. Uh, older children, though, they grow up and, y- you know, you can't, it, it, it kind of changes. So what's different about? Yeah, and I, th- I think you're building. I still think you're talking. I still think you're modeling it. You're talking. But I think your conversations are going to get a little bit more, uh, <clears throat> you know, I don't know what the word would be, but they're going to get more complex maybe. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you're going to start talking about the why. Yeah. Not just like we do this because we're being nice, but, you know, we start talking about maybe pulling in some some biblical examples, some verses. We start talking about, hey, we want to love and respect, you know, other people. For instance, um, brothers and sisters hitting one another. You yeah, know? yeah. You might, when they get older, you might say, listen, this is not the way that God wants us to love our family, anybody, but also our family. Number two, you, you would never do this. You would never walk up to somebody at church and just hit them. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. But for whatever reason, you feel the freedom to do this with your brother or sister. That That's not right. Mm. And so you can you can kind of use those types of things, talking about the why. Yeah. You know, you can, you can show them the why of, you know, why we as a family do these things in our lives to honor God and how that character kind of plays out. I specifically remember as a kid recognizing that there are times when my parents aren't going to know what I'm doing and I could do whatever I wanted. And I remember like wrestling with the temptation and failing sometimes the temptation to uh, do whatever I wanted because my parents wouldn't know. And so at the time there was the, the motivation was I do this because my mommy and daddy says so. Mm -hmm. And I was growing into this I do these things because I want to, right? You know, and and so why would I want to? Ultimately, comes down to uh, l- love, right? You know, I want to 
do these things because I love God and because I love other people. And that, that changes how I act. Right. And so, yeah, I think you're absolutely right. We have to teach them because they're going to start realizing, Hey, you're not always around. And, uh, well, they're, <laughs> well, and they're, and they're going to get more complex. They're going to know sort of like what it means to lie, and right, what it right. means to be able to manipulate and things mm-hmm. like that. And so you got to talk to them about these types of things. I also think you got to use real life teaching moments. Yeah. You know, if things come up in life and uh, you can, you can give them an example and I'm not saying everything's got to be a lesson. I'm sure my kids get really tired of me turning everything mm-hmm. to a lesson, but you know, it's like uh, we've one example is we walked out of the store one time and mm, there was yes. something in the bottom of the cart that we didn't realize and yep. we didn't pay for we're already out of the store. We're loading up everything in the car. So we have a we have a choice to make right. in that moment. Do we go back in and pay for this item? Or do we just say, oh, well, the store has plenty of money. They don't need this. I shop here enough. You know, things like that. Mm-hmm. Rationalizations. Right, you right. Know? Well, what do you think we did? Yeah. You were like, all right, kids, let's go. No, <laughs> no you, you took it back. We, in, we did. Yes, yeah. we got it right back in the cart. We took everybody because they were little at the time. We got mm-hmm. it right back in. So, hey, we're going to go pay for this. We forgot to pay for this. And I didn't make like a big deal of that about it. But I'm like, hey, you know, we, we got to make sure we're we're honest. And this is a this is a business. And we got to make sure right. we do the right thing here. Right. And and in that, like it could you could have put them all in the car, you know, and then just really quick gone in and done it yourself. Or you could have. There's a lot of ways you can do things that are easier uh, but sometimes doing things a little bit harder mm-hmm. ends up paying out longer because because you taking them all in and and going doing what you did, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and, and you're not the only person I've heard do this. And, and you're not the only person whose kids remember that. Mm-hmm. Like I know other people who tell stories about their parents doing the exact same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that uh, that shows us how powerful mm-hmm living this out really is you teach through what you do and that's what i remember playing ball and you know they would always say um practice what you want to play and they would always joke about like do what i say not what i do just Mm -hmm. kidding like i'm gonna do you know so so you can't just say do what i say not what i do right yes that that's very that's like the worst thing you can say character yeah yeah Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's right Uh, especially when they get even older because then they're (laughs) they're looking for ways to catch you right when they're teenagers they're like trying to let's talk about (laughs) teens a little bit you know they're they're becoming adults and they perceive even more than we might realize yeah right? right and so what is important with teenagers and building character i i think it's important to get them thinking right You've got to get there. It's not about you just telling them things because you've already you've been doing that, and uh, and even if you haven't been doing that, it's okay because um, neither it doesn't matter either way because mm-hmm. they're teenagers. They're not interested in what you think anymore. Mm-hmm. They are trying to figure it out, and they have to because they're becoming adults. And so you have to help them think, not tell them what to think. You have to help them think. Right. And so get them thinking about their choices. Get them thinking about how to make wise decisions what are the things what are the the things that they have to think through like mm-hmm. like you know people joke about like pros and cons lists but like mm-hmm. that's not a bad thing and sometimes you have to teach the the you know teenagers in that age range like to actually do that mm-hmm. to literally make a pros and cons list yeah teenagers are really impulsive and they don't think through all of the things the consequences the the and so like we've been talking with our oldest about a job you know and it's not just like 
I'm trying to get her to think through, like, it's not just go get an application, get a job, you know, right, it's, right, right. it's thinking about now you are entering a workforce, you are going to work for someone, you are responsible to another authority in your life. There are other people that are around you. There are other people that are not Christian people around you. Yeah. And so we're thinking through all of these things and I'm just trying to get her to process all yeah. of these things. It's not just, well, I got to go get a job, you right, know, and right. teenagers are very uh, impulsive and very, um, and they, they, they're impatient. Yes. And, and they still don't know how the world works. Like, like, I, I, and I'm not teenagers. If, if there's a teenager listening, like I love you. And I think you're, you're smart and capable and all of these of things, course. but you, you don't have a lot of life experience. That's just, that's just normal. That's okay. Don't worry about Even it. Even though you might think, you know, everything. right. And I, I mean, that, and that's, that's, that's okay. You're, because when I was a teenager, I was the same way. Yeah, me too. Me yeah. too. Exactly. And that's good because you want to take the challenge. That's awesome. You should want to take the challenge of life. However, you need to, you, you still need help because what's going to happen is you're going to take the challenge of life and it's going to wreck you. And, uh, and there's a little bit of good behind getting a little bit wrecked, but you don't want to get too wrecked because, because then you can't keep going. Right. And it's not that we're not going to let her take on this challenge. It's just thinking through all of the things and thinking, okay, how do I walk through this and make wise choices mm-hmm. and wise decisions as I as I go through this? You know, yeah. because it's like you get a job, you're at the mercy of that of that employer. So on the outset, you need to make sure and put really clear boundaries. Hey, our our family is a, mm-hmm. number one. Your school is a priority. Yeah. This, this is not in any kind of order, but our family right. is a priority. Our school is a priority. Uh, your your church is a priority. So right. we got to make sure those things remain. Right. And then the job kind of fits in where it fits where it in, belongs, not yeah. the job takes priority. Yeah. yeah, that's right. And so that's just one example that we're dealing with well, in our life. So, okay, so we can tell this to our teenagers till we're, as the saying goes, blue in the face, right? How do we get them to think this stuff? Mm-hmm. How? What do we need to do to get them to really start thinking about it? Because I feel like when you're just telling them stuff, mm-hmm. like... They they probably hear you, mm-hmm. um, but but they all they very well might not. Yeah, he's shaking his head because no, I th- I, right? I I know what you're what you're getting at. And I think part of it is just trying to ask good questions. Yeah, letting them uh, kind of think through that process, and you know, saying, well, what what do you think about that? How do you think that's going to work out? And then helping them kind of think through that. Yeah, I think that's you know uh, we were talking about this, and I just think it's really important. I think. I think it's called the platonic method. I think that's what it is where uh, I believe it was Plato who who went and asked. He just wanted to learn philosophy. And so instead of um, going and just like like reading or, or doing whatever, he would just ask questions and get people to come to logical conclusions that they that they were like, oh, I don't like that. I have to change what I think. And, um, and that's what I think we need to do as parents, uh, and as friends helping, helping other friends out. This applies everywhere. But, um, but that's, that's the point is your kids are older now. You have to engage with them differently than just being, than just engaging with them like a child. Yeah. I think that's uh, good. You know, it's hard. (laughs) Yeah. And I want to give a a moment here as we talk about teenagers, uh, because I I want parents to understand this is a, this is a really hard age. Mm -hmm. Uh, and I, we had our podcast last week on obedience and I want to say I was, um, I felt like I was not, um, where I should have been in dealing with teenagers. I'd said something about, um, you know, 
you know, you need to build into your children early, which I, I believe, but you know, they get to the teenage age and I, I didn't give the parents a lot of hope. Mm. Um, and I just said, well, all, all you can do at that point is pray. And I don't think that's true. First of all, uh, I, I want parents to know that they're, even though their teenager may not be walking with the Lord or their teenager may be far from the Lord, uh, there, there's still hope. Yeah. You know, there's lots of hope. And you can, if you continue on in a godly character, if you continue on, make your make Jesus a priority in your life and in your family, and um, you're including them as much as you can and trying to love them through that, um, they can, the, 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 there can be a, a transformation and a change. Some children are, for whatever reason, have to learn the hard way and they have to yeah. go through the, the hard circumstances and they rebellious. And it, it, sometimes it's a product of our parenting. Sometimes it's not. Right. And so we need to do all that we can as early as we can, but know that it's still in the Lord's hands. You know, right. even in my own testimony, I grew up and, um, <clears throat> did not know the Lord and was in all kinds of horrible things, you know, with, uh, walking you know, rebellious against my parents, uh, skipping school, uh, smoking pot, you know, just all kinds of things as a teenager. And it wasn't until I uh, became a Christian and I had a friend that reached out to me and I've shared my testimony before. And when I, and it was not till I was 16. Yeah. Yeah. And I became a Christian. And then through that process, God discipling me and me going to church and feeling a call to ministry God totally transformed my life. Yeah. You know, someone who would have been, say, hopeless. And so I don't want parents to sit here and say as a teenager, oh my gosh, I'm hopeless. My teenager is so far from God. They won't they won't listen. They won't walk with the Lord. Uh, there's still hope. And, right. I, and I feel like I did a disservice. So I want to apologize to the listeners uh, last week and uh, want to give people lots of hope. Number one, you do need to pray. That yeah, is, yeah, that yeah, is, yeah. That is something you need to do. And you need to carry on. Uh, living out Christian faith, encouraging, pressing into your kids as much as you can, not not in a anger, nagging sort of way, right, right, but but pressing into them, loving them through these difficult teenage years. Yeah, that's really good, Brian. And you know, I will just say, I, I do, I, I think I was rushing us a little bit last week, and so that might have contributed to uh, lack of, you know time to say all the things that we need to say because I think what some of what you were saying uh, some of the principles that you said last week are, are still true um, but but there's there's more to it than that and, and I think what you just said really just kind of rounds out parents you know if, if we're dealing with teenagers that are and we're in a hard spot and if we've maybe not been doing things exactly the way uh, you know we would have wanted to from the get-go uh, there's still like you said there's still hope because um, you know, people, uh, the world thinks that people can't change and mm. the gospel, uh, the gospel tells us that people do change. You know, that's what the gospel is. Mm. Jesus is in the business of changing our hearts, not just our actions. Like he literally changes who we are. He changes your character. And, um, and so that's why you do need to pray. Um, but that's why you need to be a Christian too. You need to be like Christ to your children, mm -hmm. uh, no matter how young or old they are, even if right. they're grown mm -hmm. adults. And so, um, that's good. So yeah, thanks for saying that, Brian. Yeah. So I think as we wrap this up, one of the things I was considering <clears throat> was Titus chapter two. And I, I think it's such a great chapter because this is sort of like 
what the aim is for us and how it, it, it so much talks about what a godly character of a, uh, of a growing sort of young adult into adulthood and into maturity yeah. is. And so I just wanted to read this. That's I think great. it's really good. It says, but as for you, teach what, ac- what accords with sound doctrine. Older men are to be cert- uh, sober-minded, dignified, self-controlled, sound in faith, in love, and in steadfastness. Older women... Likewise, are to be reverent in behavior, not slanderers or slaves to much wine. They are to teach what is good. And so train the younger woman to love their husbands and children, be self-controlled, pure, working at home, kind and submissive to their own husbands, that the word of God may be reviled. Likewise, urge your younger men to be self-controlled. Show yourself in all respects to be a model of good works. And in your teaching, show integrity, dignity, and sound speech that cannot be condemned, so that an opponent may be put to shame, having nothing evil to say about us. Bond servants are to be submissive to their own masters in everything. They are to be well-pleasing, not argumentative, not pilfering, not showing, but showing all good faith, so that in everything we may be we may adorn the doctrine of God our Savior. For the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation to all people, training us to renounce ungodliness and worldly passions, and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in this present age, waiting for our blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us to redeem us from all lawlessness and to purify for himself a people for his own possession who are zealous for good works. Declare these things, exhort and rebuke with all authority. Let no one disregard you. Mm. I think that was just a great summation of what godly character is going to look like. Based in the gospel, did you notice he talked about it's all based in the gospel, what God has done, how he's changed us, and looking forward to the future hope. This yeah. is why we live a godly character. Right. He, he he gives an example. He gives a bunch of examples of how we're supposed to live depending on your role as a, as a man, as a woman, as a as a. Uh, you know, even like a slave or nowadays I would say as a, as a worker, mm-hmm. I think that's mm-hmm. how we should understand it. Somebody who has a job, mm-hmm. uh, this is how you're supposed to work. And then he gives the why, you know, for grace of God has appeared mm-hmm. and he's created people zealous for good works and we're waiting for his return. Um, yeah, that's one of my favorite. The idea that the we're to pour into the older people, older men yeah. and women are to pour into the younger men and women is there in that passage. Yeah. I mean, yeah, all of these things yeah. are are encouraging to us. So, you know, if you're looking for more on this, do, do a Bible study there on on uh, Titus, yeah. you know, Titus chapter 2, and it will help you as you kind of think through some of these things and what godly character looks like. I, I think it's very important for us to just remember that character starts with making Christ first and striving to live a Christ-like life. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's really what it boils down to. It's as simple as that. Would you right. agree? Yeah, I agree. And these hard talks, remember, they're not just one talk you're sitting down mm-hmm. like, let's talk about character today. It's <laughs> all right, done. It's <laughs> ongoing. It's multiple talks. It's living life together. You yeah. know, it's, it's, it's as you go through life, you're trying to help your child to understand what these things look like. What does obedience look like? What does character look like? And then in the next episode, what does failure yeah. look like? I'm really excited about that episode. Yeah, me too. Yeah. I've, uh, this has been, man, I'm, I'm so glad we're doing this. It's mm. good for me. And I'm, I hope that it's listener. I hope that it's been good for you yeah. and, uh, let us know, let us know uh, things that are encouraging. Let us know uh, things that are difficult in ways that we can maybe be praying for you. Uh, email us at f4l at oakhillbc. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for listening. We love all of you guys, and yeah, we'll see. You we'll next see time. you next time.
outage or something. Anyway, let's just get started. All right. All right. You ready? Who did the who did it last time? Oh. Do you're you so, not do you legitimately so not care? You're so obsessed with who did it last time. Well, well, I'm just this trying is, no, to think the, ahead. My Brian. And if and who if, did if it? you if who you don't want to do it, that's fine. Welcome to Fearless for Life. Sounds pretty good. Okay, my turn. Uh, welcome <clears throat> to Feminist for Life with Brandon Button. <laughs> All right, you ready? 